This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's Word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's Word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. We come to Psalm 61 this morning, assurance of God's eternal protection. And um, that's what the psalm, that's what the, the headline writer of my Bible writes is to the chief musician on a stringed instrument, a psalm of David. And this is a, this is a, a psalm of faith. Uh, it's a song of faith. And, uh, and I am, it, 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 it's an encouraging one. He says, hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. What he's asking for God to do is to recognize him, to recognize him like a child in in first grade, waving his hand when the teacher asks a question, a dying man on the battlefield crying out to God uh, for help, like a a mother who is trying to raise three children and has two jobs and feels like she's drowning in the midst of, of all the things that she has to get done during the day and she cries out to God. These are the things that happen and the things we do. They, they, that we find people in all sorts of situations and all sorts of positions in life. And they, they say, hear my cry, oh God, attend to my, hear what I've got to say. And oftentimes uh, what they're saying to God is they need help. And we being the hand of God, need to be about providing that help, about providing that hope that comes with help. He says, from the end of the earth, I will cry to you, which means that he's saying, I, I believe in you, God. And, and even though I feel like I'm at the bottom of the, of the totem pole, I'm at the, I'm at the ends of the earth. I'm, I'm not in the center of things. I'm at the, at the very outside edges of, of reality. Even though I feel that way, I'm going to still cry out to you because I know you can hear me. I know you're everywhere. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And what he's saying is I I need, when, when my heart is totally overwhelmed by whatever that overwhelms us in the moment. And sometimes that's anxiety, sometimes that's fear. Sometimes that's depression, sometimes that is loneliness, sometimes that is uh, hopelessness. He says, uh, when my heart is overwhelmed, and, and our, the heart is the seat of an emotion in the soul, when that's overwhelmed, he says, I need you, I need you to let me, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Anytime the word the rock is mentioned, that, that is usually a reference, even in the Old Testament, to Jesus Christ. It's a reference to a place where I am lifted up higher than I am in the moment. And and ultimately that's a beautiful picture of Jesus because a rock is sometimes the cornerstone on which everything is founded. 
And sometimes a rock is a place where we can stand upon it and escape the attack of the wild animal or see things from a perspective we've never seen things before or, or escape from the flood or the, or the world rushing around us. The rock is the place where when we stand on him, our perspective, our position, our place in this world is changed. And that's what David is crying out for. He's crying out for God to send him that which changes his either perspective, position, or place in the world so that he can see things from a different way so that his heart, his passions, his emotions, his emotive behavior might be changed because things aren't the way he actually perceives them in the hole that he's in right now. And that happens a lot for people. They perceive themselves to be in a hole that's, that can't be gotten out of, and so they never change. They never, ever change. They never change. And rather than identifying themselves in that position and in that place and asking God to change where they're at, rather than doing that, they just continue doing what they've been doing before and filling themselves up with emptiness and hopelessness. I, I see that all the time, and hopelessness feeds into more and more hopelessness. It is, it is a, a self, really what it is, a self-defeating prophecy. He says, when, I, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. He's not just asking for to be pu pulled out of the position he's in. He's asking to be changed and his perspective to be changed and for him to be changed. And, and that's important. So many times people want help from their struggles, but they don't want to be changed by the help that is provided to overcome the struggles. They, they want to continue to remain the same and will fight, will fight with every tooth and nail to justify why they're in that position. They just want to help out of that position for the moment but that to justify has, as to why they're right to be where they're at. And that's not what God's in the business of doing. God is not in the business of just putting you in a position and you justify the position that you're in and be okay. When God sends, like we talked about the storm yesterday, when God sends, the storm has a purpose. And that purpose is to teach you to act upon what God has taught you in fact, to, to uh, engage it, be changed by it, and then overcome it. But so many times what, what people want is they just want, they want a salve to soothe the pain of the moment rather than actually fixing the situation that's causing the pain of the moment. That's not what the rock is for. The rock is not for uh, the purpose of just soothing the pain of the, the rock is for uh, a, a total change in perspective and a t total change in, 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 in your position in that situation. The rock is to provide you a firm foundation. The rock is to be built upon. It is the cornerstone of the foundation. The rock is to ultimately change who you are and the continual over and over, on and on again, of just trying to get help to remain the same this is not what David is asking for here. This, it, it is not what David is asking for here. The storms of your life ought to change you because God's word is given to you so that the storm, when it comes, you can use that truth to understand 
the darkness that is around you, to understand the darkness that is you, and for the light to break forth and for you to be different. And if you don't, if that doesn't happen for you, if that doesn't happen for you, you are continually, continue to be uh, stubborn, staying where you are. He says, for you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower for the enemy. What he's saying is, God, you shelter me from the storm and I'm a strong tower. You lift me up back then. If you just built a tower, uh, you were above the enemy. You could rain down things on the enemy had to, in order to get to you, they had to get to the bottom of the tower. In order to get to the bottom of the tower, they had to endure you being able to attack them from above. And so a strong tower was a place of safety and refuge. And God is a place of safety and refuge. He is a place where we can take refuge from the storm. When Jesus was in the back of the boat, he was a resource for the, those men as they were battling against the storm. But that is just the beginning spot. It's not the ending spot. He says, I will abide in your tabernacle forever. What he's saying is, I, I want to I want to live with you, learn from, from you. And I, I want it to be more than just a place of safety. I want to be, it to be a place of understanding, a place of change, a place of becoming, becoming what I should be. I will trust in yourself in, in, in the shelter of your wings. What he's saying is, I, I'm going to trust as you shelter me from the situation. I'm going to learn to trust you. I'm going to learn to trust who you are. And faith always changes us, always makes us, always causes us to become. For you, O oh God, have heard my vow. We do that, don't we? We make vows to God. We promise God, if you'll do this, I'll do that. God wants us to make vows in the sense of to hear his voice, to understand what he's saying about us, to understand what he's at work doing in our lives. He, he, wants, a, he wants that to happen for us and for us to make vows that that seek change and seek becoming he he wants us to do that but but they can't be empty vows they can't be vows that are said and then not followed at all said and not and are said just for the moment so that i can have peace in the moment rather than uh, a vow that is a vow of true change that causes me to have hope for the future peace in the moment passes if there's not any hope for the future and peace in the moment comes from empty vows. Okay. He says, you have given me a heritage of fear your name, meaning I have come behind people that have actually lived out a life of fearing and trusting your name. I've lived a life of people who have actually had your character and nature, who've walked in your forgiveness, who've walked in your understanding of, of the sin nature and who they are and, and have been changed by you. That, that, that is a heritage that I, David says that he has and relying on that heritage and rather than walking in the, uh, the death and the darkness is it's important. He says, you will prolong the king's life. Notice he understands that life and all that comes with it, it its sustenance comes from God and no one else. He says, you, you will prolong the king's life. His years as many generations. What he's saying is that not only does his life count for the moment and, and not only does God sustain you in the day and the hour, but the real question is, are the things you're doing going to last throughout generations? Are they going to have significance beyond just the momentary life that you live today? Are you actually changing people's lives? 
or are you destroying? Are you actually helping other people? Are you just helping yourself? Are you making a difference in the world you live in? Or are you just sucking what you can off the world for your own interest? And so many times that the people never ever figure out that what I'm made for is to be hope and life to others rather than trying to find hope and life for yourself. And the truth is when you figure out uh, that you were made for the best interest of others, when you figure out that you were made for those things, you uh, when you figure out you were made for those things, your whole way of living changes and it becomes God-centered and God-focused and God's kingdom-centered and God's kingdom-focused rather than your own, rather than your own inward focus. It's all about me. I see that a lot in the world. He says, he shall abide before God forever. Notice you you live in that abide. Jesus said, if, if you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. That's that close communion. He says, he shall abide before God forever. That's a person that lives in that many generation lifestyle, that lifestyle that, that changes the people around them, who change the people around them, who change the people around them, who change the people around them. And life is best lived that way. He said, oh, prepare mercy and truth, which may preserve him. Oh, prepare mercy and truth, which may preserve him. That's where preservation happens. That's where, that's how sustenance happens, is mercy and then truth. Uh, truth that, that alters your way of seeing things from your own selfish, lost way that provides light and darkness. He says, he says, yeah, I want to be, have that prepared in me. I want that to be what preserves me, not just the help for the moment, but what, what preserves my life needs to be the light of truth and me receiving what I don't, what me, God keeping me from receiving what I do deserve, which is uh, judgment and wrath. But he's holding back that judgment and wrath that the light of truth might pervade who I am, might, might change who I am. He says, so I will sing praise to your name forever. So I will sing praise to your name forever. That's, that's where it ultimately ends. I know a person has experienced great change from God when they, their heart seeks to worship him. That's, that is the truth. When a, when a person's heart sings, seeks to worship God, they have experienced real change by how it goes in church. And I have grown to become shocked by it. But the truth is that is that it's now not shocking as, as I walk in a little bit more light and a little bit more understanding. So many people don't worship. And the reason they don't worship is, is that they've not been, they not really met with him and been changed by him. God's change leads the heart to worship. And David, in this psalm, he's going through the process of asking God to take him to a higher place, to place him upon the rock, to change him, to put him in, to put, it, put him in the tower, to abide with him in his tabernacle. He's saying, "I, I want to be, I want to be changed. I want to be lifted up." And and in that, ultimately, he he really desires to. But that the person who never really ever experiences any real change. They just remain and keep on remaining the same, doing the same thing, fighting the same old battles, 
of years and decades ago, they don't worship God. They don't really actually sing with their whole heart to God. They don't chase after God. They may chase for a moment. They may look like they're trying to find God, but the truth is they're just trying to find the momentary help, not being placed on the rock, but just the momentary help for just that hour. And David's not into that. He, 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 he understands that we have to be really actually changed. And he says, so I will sing your praise Sing praise to your name forever that I may daily perform my vows. Notice he says, what I want to do is I want to trust you. I want to be changed by you so that I can perform the things I said I was going to do. They weren't just empty, hollow promises. They were true reality of actually being changed, of actually being made new, of actually being full of grace and full of hope and full of love and full of peace and and if that's not if that's not uh going to happen then if that doesn't happen then you don't really ever fulfill your vows you don't do it you don't and and vows are good to be made to god vows that say i've heard you god i i i see what you're saying to me i see what you're doing in my life and I vow that I am going to join you in that i am going to be changed by you god that's what sunday is about really. That's why God made Sunday is for us to come together, for him to speak to us corporately, but he also speaks to us individually. And then what he says to us in the day, in the moment and the day we live in for us to, for us to, for us to, to be changed by it. and for us to leave there having said, I heard you, God, I, 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 I trust you, God, and I am going to do what you have said for me to do. I'm going to be who you have made me to be. And my vow is to be that. If we continue to go back to where we were before and don't live out those vows, it's usually because we've really never, ever been changed. We, we just want you to sustain me where I'm at so that I can continue to be the lost death that I was. And, and, I'm just just be honest with you, God's not in that business and he's not going to be. It would be wrong for him to leave you where you are. It, it's only right for him to do what, is what it takes to change who you are. And, and that's who God is and that's how God works. The great enemy of your life, the greatest enemy of your life is not Satan. It's not the power of darkness around you. It's not those people who have wronged you. The greatest enemy of your life is you. And God is in the process of saving you from, sure, those who, who hate you. He's in the process of saving you from the uh, forces of darkness and the devil. He's in the process of saving you from all those things. But the main enemy that he's in the process of saving you from is yourself. And truth is I want to be saved for myself. Most of all, I want to be saved from me because if I can be saved from me, then I actually can be like him. And so I hope that will be for you this morning. Also, your week has been given to you for you to be saved by him from yourself and be poured out by him on the world around you so that it might experience some of the light and hope that he's placed in you. May that happen for you this week. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you. 
that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.